Welcome to Next Up. I'm your host, Michael Beer, and uh, alongside of me is my co-host, Ed Fletcher. Um, if this is your first podcast, Next Up is a platform for students and professionals to have their voice heard. Um, Ed and I believe that in this world, it's very overwhelming to get yourself out there and to immerse yourself into that spider web that we call a network. So Ed and I just want to make it a little bit easier and a little bit more laid back to grow your network. And that's why we're trying to make you guys next up. Ed, how are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. I'm super excited to have our first ever guest on Next Up. Mike, you want to introduce him? Yeah, so our, our first guest is Reed Doble. Reed's a sophomore at Fairfield University. And Ed and I know him from our, our past conversations about entrepreneurship. And I know that Reed definitely has an entrepreneurial mindset. So uh, Ed, you want to get us started? Yeah, Reed. So the first question that I want to uh, kind of start off with is, um, can you touch on how a thought in your mind uh, becomes a real tangible thing and what mindset do you have to have in order to make that idea a reality? Yeah, sure. So uh, for me, this is this is interesting. So I've kind of altered this like over over the years where I've been tinkering around and trying different things. Mm -hmm. I think that the way I would approach it now um, is, you know, usually when I have an idea, I, I first uh, ask other people, right? Whether it be my peers um, or or whoever else in, in my community, um, you know, what they think of the idea. And I think that is a, a kind of an, a crucial first step for me at least. Um, and that way I can figure out um, if if there is a, a, a real problem that I'm trying to solve, right? When, when you really dig mm -hmm. deep, uh, you know, dig real deep uh, down to the root of the issue, I think that you're trying to solve a problem and, and you know, whatever that may be. And, you know, that that's the best place to kind of um, leap from. So, you know, if, if I were, you know, to have an idea in my mind, I might create a five or $10 Instagram ad, see what the engagement is on it. Um, I think that's really important too. Um, and I think just like going for it, right? Like writing down a plan. I think that's another huge one uh, is just writing down what you want to do because um, without without a real plan uh, you're kind of like lost in the shuffle right it'll give you a little and, bit of structure right exactly you, you need some structure to it and and that's something that's that's been kind of important for me um, so yeah cool 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 um, so let me ask you that question in reverse so say somebody uh, doesn't necessarily have an idea but they definitely want um, they're definitely motivated to create that idea uh, what do you think the best place to go to get that idea is to get that light bulb instead of just wasting your time um, and, and money, you know? Right. I, I think, um, you know, not to repeat myself, but it, it goes back yeah. to like finding the problem. And, mm -hmm. and I think that's, it's kind of hard to conceptualize at first, right? Like um, I think a, a big problem right now with, with all of us and a, a lot of people are trying to work on this is, is like student loan debt. So, you know, how do you take that and, and solve the problem of student loan debt, right? How do you make it more digestible for these young um, college age students to, to pay off their student loans without really, you know, really feeling financially buried? Um, so I, I think that if, if you really haven't found your, your idea yet, you need to um, keep thinking. I think another really uh, good little task you can do is, is writing as many ideas down as you can possibly think of a day. Like, you know, whether that be 
two or or a hundred ideas down. Um, just write them down. Like I used to do this a ton uh, in high school. Like I just take out my notes whenever I I still have a ton of them. Right. Like um, I really wanted to make like a water vending machine years ago uh, mm-hmm. that was like a reusable. Um, type of project, which, which actually ended up happening. Like you, you see them now a ton in, in airports, like these, these reusable, like fill stations that are on right. like a monthly subscription or a paid, um, which I think is, is interesting in itself. So I think you kind of just have to keep writing things down. Uh, that's, that's the only way that that's worked for me. Um, and asking people, I, that's another one too, like asking people what, what they're struggling with currently right? Mm. Like what is on everyone's mind? I think that's another huge one. Right. Yeah. Right, right, right. So, um, I was, I was listening to a a podcast on YouTube and they were talking about how, um, if you have an idea, sometimes that idea only exists in your head, right? Right. It helps to put it on paper. It helps to actually bring it into the real world and start manifesting it into the real world. So I'm, I'm I'm sure it definitely helps to, to write things down on paper for sure. Yeah. Right. Also to, to go off that, what you were saying before, I think one thing you could do is just, just in living your life, if you come across something that's inconvenient or you're like, wow, I wish there was an easier way to, to do this, then write that down. I think that would be a, a right. great thing. Maybe that's a problem that you can solve. Right. Exactly. I think it's, that's, that's like dumbing it down like really, really far, which I think yeah. is, is good. <laughs> and, and, you know, both what you and I were saying, uh, Ed, like you really just need to like, put pen to paper um, and kind of like uh, find this, this MVP, right? Your, your minimum viable product, which is, um, you know, and this is more like once you really start, but creating a product that is, is very like prototype-esque, right? Whether that mm-hmm. even be like a fake ad, like, so, you know, creating like a rendering of, of a little gadget or, or whatever you're trying to do. Um, and then seeing the response from that, right. Then you create your actual prototype, which is like a, a really rough form of what, you know, you're imagining, uh, you know, seeing the reaction from that and then creating, creating the pro- product. And I think those three steps, right. Like if you were to start at kind of the concept mm-hmm. to the prototype, to the final product, that those are all key, uh, steps at, at tackling, uh, whatever issue you're trying to solve or for, you know, creating whatever product you're envisioning. For sure. For sure. Right. For sure. Um, so can you kind of touch on, on your mask company and, and how that came to, to life and, and some of the steps that you use to get that on paper? Yeah, of course. Um, so I think I'll just like, you know, quickly run down the, the story of how I thought of it and whatnot. Um, yeah. I was just sitting in class one day and, uh, kind of like took my mask off when I, when I got back from class, like in the bathroom and I was like, Oh my God, like I'm getting so much, you know, mask acne. Like there's, mm-hmm. there's obviously like tons of bacteria build up. And when I go to the gym, I sweat in my mask. Right. And it's, it's obviously like just, you know, building up. Right. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm a kid who never really struggled with a lot of acne. Maybe, you know, just like every other teenager, like mild acne is, is definitely a thing for, for most of us, but mm-hmm never something that really was a, was a huge issue. So I began researching, um, like if there was a, a real solution to this and, and come to find out that there, there really wasn't, there were only two companies, uh, making these like anti-acne masks, if you will. And, um, 
they they weren't really doing it correctly, right? Like I ordered both of their products. I didn't like them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, nobody else, you know, all the, my friends who I, I asked like, hey, would you wear this? They were like, yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's nothing that special, right? It's not that cool. Um, so, you know, I, I definitely wanted to take the initiative there. And, you know, I, I think the, the market research there was very easy for me, right? Like the, fir- the very first thing I did was I went into Photoshop I created like a, a white box and put a stock image of a mask and I, you know, I could, I could bring it up right now, but basically all the ad said was, uh, you know, are you getting, you know, irritation from your mask? You know, are you getting skin irritation from your mask? Um, try this out. And it was just like a, a fake link, right? Just, just a fake link to the site to see, you know, the engagement and, what I found out was the engagement was pretty good. Like it was, you know, five percent of people who saw the ad clicked it, mm-hmm. which is which is great. And that's that's kind of the MVP, right? Like I had started with this uh, with this prototype, if you will, right? Like this this kind of idea, and and shared it. And I think the other the, the other way I kind of saw it, which I didn't even know was a term at first. I looked up like mask acne, mm-hmm. and um, I, you know, come to find out that this this term called maskne which is uh, pretty big among teens. So, so that, that's how, how kind of I um, got out there with the mask. And, and ever since then, I've just been taking the steps, right? Like uh, asking a lot of questions. I think that's another big one. Ask a lot of questions uh, from everyone, from your peers, from people who are gonna help you, know, help you make the product. Um, that's the only way you're really gonna learn and you're gonna learn a lot quick. Another question I had for you is, uh, what what drives you to do all of these things? Like, what is your motivating, um, what is the motivating factor that makes you want to solve these problems for people? I mean, for me, I think it's just, um, you know, there being uh, a real issue, mm-hmm. um, and I think that's that's another like big one to think about is is like is the is the problem you're trying to solve a real one, right? Like, right. does it actually exist? And I think people can get caught up in that a lot. Um, right, like they know, try, might try and make up a problem that they think they can solve, but it's not as important. Right. So, so I think what drives me is is like creating a, a real product and and changing uh, it, it could go so micro as to like, for example, on the masks. Um, right. Like if if one person, you know, all it really takes is one or a few people to say, "Hey, listen." Um, or, you know, leave a great review, like, Hey, this seriously changed my skin. Um, Mm -hmm. and and I no longer have these, these mass breakouts. And I, and I think on like a, on like a college kid level for us, right? Like if you have acne, um, it stretches beyond just, uh, acne. It's like your confidence, right? Right. Like it's like there's, there's multiple levels to it. So, so I think just solving a real problem is, is what drives me like something that really Mm -hmm. does exist. And and kind of just like being or like doing the best at, at what I can do, right? Like all right. of us are, are good in our own way. So, and what I mean by that is I think that you should focus on the skills you do have, uh, but also focus on what you don't as well. So like for me, I know how to use Photoshop, you know, pretty well or to, you know, to build a website on WordPress um, or do any of these, these little skills that some people may not have. Um, so I think I think you have to focus on the skills you you do have and kind of really narrow in on those, mm-hmm. um, and and that 
you know, ultimately will, will be the driving factor of, of your success. Uh, and, and also just gaining, uh, this is another side comment, but gaining followership and alignment from, from like your friends and your peers. I think if you really have a good product and you're really solving a problem, uh, you're going to get people to, to kind of uh, like hop on the bandwagon pretty quick. Right. Um, Cause chances are a lot of other people have the same problem. That's, that's really important too. Yeah. I, I think there's a lot of opportunity out there. There's like, like Ed just said, there, there's definitely um, a lot of people definitely have the, the same problem as, as you and I have. And there's so much opportunity out there to solve that problem. And, and there's, right. there's an abundance of, of, of problems to solve. And it's kind of just right in front of us too. Like for, for example, uh, Amazon, super easy started out of a garage bookstore mm -hmm. online it was right in front of him you know every yeah. single every single problem that, that that has the opportunity to be solved is right in front of us i think i think it's really yep. interesting for sure um we just kind of a, a, a more personal question so you're from california the silicon valley area um why'd you why, why'd you go across to the east coast and go to fairfield university i I've always kind of been into, uh, you know, finance and business and investing. Um, and I mean, it's, it's no surprise to any of us that, you know, California is not the, the finance hub of, of our country or of the world, really. You know, you, you could call New York the finance hub of the world. Um, it kind of stood out to me as this fantastic launching pad uh, directly onto Wall Street, right? Which I think is a lot, of, uh, a lot of the reason that, you know, people, whether they're from California or not, uh, go to Fairfield is it's, it's close proximity to, to Manhattan. Um, it's great connections. It's amazing network of alum. Uh, and I think that's, that's really important to, to all of us. So that was kind of the big, the big reason for me, um, is just like the, the geographical location and, and what the, what the school offered on a, on like a finance end. Of it. So, Reed, being that you're from the West Coast, what do you find the difference between um, East Coast and West Coast students are and, and the, the culture that surrounds them? Mike, you and I talk about this all the time. I think that um, the, the West Coast uh, students, well, I, you know, I'm definitely in a bubble in, near Silicon Valley, but in general, I think uh, kids on the West Coast are, are a lot more laid back. Um, and just even the workforce uh, on the West Coast is a lot more laid back. And I think that there's, there's some things to learn from that, um, right? Like you go into, and, and I'll use this comparison. Uh, if you walk into a Google office, right? And I've, I've been to Google. Um, mm -hmm. If you walk into a Google office, it's very bright and fun and colorful and very, you, as soon as you walk in there, you immediately can identify that uh, it's, it's this mix of like work and play, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I think that, in itself can create kind of an interesting uh, environment and this kind of different dynamic where, you know, I have never been inside of, you know, one of these large institutional banks on wall street. Um, right. But I, I would imagine from, you know, watching movies and things like that, they're very, uh, you know, many are cubicle style and not very, yeah. you know, free more dark and gloomy, um, which is just, you know, two different type of, of work environments. I think, um, you know, I, this is a, an interesting word that gets thrown around a lot um, everywhere, but especially in Silicon Valley is this word of 
uh, disruptive or disruptiveness, right? Like does, does a company, is a company truly disruptive? And what does that mean? And I think that California um, kind of makes, not makes companies disruptive, but many companies who have this disruptive notion uh, go to California, right? And, and I think that that's, that's an interesting one, right? Like just the, you know, if you were starting a tech company, there's no better place in the world to go than somewhere in, in Silicon Valley or California, or, you know, you, you may be able to add uh, Seattle to that now or Houston, right? Um, and that's because you're in such close proximity to all these other tech conglomerates who have fantastic, uh, who have a fantastic workforce that's, that's very dynamic and, and I think that is, is very different from others. Um, the other big thing that I see um, is that people on the East Coast are, are very uptight. They're very, you know, on a schedule, doing something, you know, with purpose. And um, it's, it's kind of just a different uh, environment. I think that one thing that I see the East Coast suffering from a lot uh, and this is just on like a, a cultural level and, and on a, like a, a work ethic or working uh, level as well, is this, uh, this idea of group thinking and, and suffering from that. And for anyone who doesn't uh, know what group thinking is, basically just, you know, someone has an idea and just because that one person, you know, thinks that's correct, everyone else does, right? Like there's, there's no objection to that. So I think, um, I, I see that a lot, right? Where, and it's just like people, people really grab on the trends. And I think that like, I'll give you an example, Barstool on the East coast, absolutely huge, right? Kids love right. sports betting. They love all of it on the West coast. Barstool is like not that big of a thing at all, which is, which is really surprising to a lot of kids. Right. And yeah. that's something that was really interesting to me. Um, or just like big into like watching football or whatever, just like sports. It's just like cultural differences that that are are huge. So so that's what I would say are the the, the big big differences. Yeah, I think it's yeah. I, I think it's definitely an, a very interesting um, dynamic, and I would love to go to the West Coast and, and experience it for myself. Yeah, me too. Um, but Reed, we we really appreciate you coming on and taking time yeah, out of your thank day. Thank you. Uh, that, that was a great conversation. Um, and we wish you good luck in, in all your endeavors and we hope to make you next up.